Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ooh la la. We're back, baby. We're two babies who are back. <laughs> Baby back ribs. There's a famous. We're um, wearing nappies. There's a. Fa- <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, there's a famous um, rib company who make ribs, and there was a famous, I think, in the eighties um, theme that they had on an advert. Baby back ribs. Baby back ribs. It's like that. It's like a kind of barbershop yeah, quartet it, sort of thing. It was um, parodied by um, Fat Michael Bastard. Sh- oh, what? The character in um, Austin Powers. Oh, it was also in um, The Office, I seem to recall as well. Was it? Michael Scott uh, not, sang it. I've not seen the, the, the US but Office. The, but basically it was this... Um, oh, you should get it. It's a very, very easy watch. Um, it was um, it was basically uh, a thing that was just really, 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 really popular. It was like our ambassador's reception. That's how popular it was. It was a, it was a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. Right. Uh, and this week... I think um, the, they've managed to find some like backstage footage of these guys putting together the song for these um, ribs. I don't know what the actual characters are. I think they're ribs or something that, that sing. Right. Um, but like they're these guys who just have these wonderful voices and they're sort of putting together how to actually sing the Baby Back Ribs song. It's, it's beautiful. If you're new to the show, that man talking <laughs> obsessively about ribs is Mr. Pete Donaldson and I am Mr. Luke Moore. I'm the Luke in this situation yeah. and that is the Pete. Um, this show, of course, runs on, on, on you getting in touch as well. So hello at lukeandpeteshow.com if you'd like to email us. We would very much enjoy hearing from you. Pete, um, did you watch, this is where I want to start this time around, mm. did you watch They Shall Not Grow Old last week? I didn't know. It was the Peter My Jackson thing. My goodness me. My goodness me. In the, your words, goodness me. World War One would sounded like a right pain in the arse. So if you're, if you're not aware of what it is, it, you have been living under a rock, but that's okay. That's okay. Or you might be overseas. You might, you might be from the UK. So Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame made a movie to commemorate 100 years since the end of the First World War with a film called They Shall Not Grow Old um, where he used um, a lot of old cine film, a lot of old Super... Is it Super, be Super 8 film back then? Cine oh, film, I think. Yeah. yeah um, he slowed it down, colourised it in a painstaking process and then used lip readers um, to ascertain what the people in the cine film were saying, voiced it with voice actors and then over the top of that laid... Um, archive uh, interview audio from um, men who fought in the trenches and a load of different type, different battalions um, 
I, th- I think from the 60s, I think mm. that, um, I think there was a BBC project to interview survivors of World War One, mm. and they used that that um, that audio. And it's an amazing film. It's, I think it's an hour and a half how, long. How difficult must the whole process of well, I think uh, isolating m- what they're saying? I think it took months. I mean, color, yeah. I mean, colorization's been around for a long time, but like the actual sort of lip reading and stuff. Because obviously. Yeah. You're bringing together so many different cultures, so many different um, people from different parts of, yeah. of of the country and the world. How do you sort of figure out how people are, what are people, what people are saying? Because yeah. language now is very different to language a hundred years ago. I was speaking to Danny Kelly, who I work with uh, every week, and he was saying that it was based on um, they got some some deaf guys to 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 do it, like professional, right. almost like professional literary type mm. guys to do it. Um, but there's it's an amazing movie, and and it, and it's incredible to to think of everything that went on and, and, and that sounds like a fairly obvious thing to say but I would recommend watching it for, for obvious reasons but there's just one moment in it when because the cine film they use and I, I keep using the phrase cine film I hope that's the right phrase but you guys know what I mean just film isn't it it's just film basically yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is that type of film is really quick it's yeah. something to do with the way it's made. Well, no, it's, it'll be like it'll be like seven frames a second or fifteen frames a second. So, so you'll only get instead of like modern televisions, twenty-four. 20. Yeah, so everything looks really fast. Yeah. And it looks almost quite comic. Which, to be honest, Peter Jackson in the last Hobbit films went for fifty frames a second. So Which was slow he's, he's gone feast and famine there, hasn't he? Right. Okay. Well, this this bit there's just a moment in this film. So it starts off with all the sniff, all the film and, and and the black and white, and it looks quite sort of um, as you'd expect. It feels a bit like. You know, when you used to watch a video in history class or whatever. Yeah. But there's a moment of several minutes in, I can't remember how many minutes in, but a while, where at one point when they start talking about the start of the war, so they go from the signing up and the, all this other stuff and mm. the propaganda to the war starting, where it slows down and comes into colour. And it is honestly one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen watching a movie. It, 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 I know it sounds obvious, but it instantly gives that a re- relatability that you never would have seen before because mm. they all of a sudden look like proper human beings, yeah. young men, all of them, some of them, you know, down to 15, 16 mm. years of age. Um, and you get a sense of the humanity of it almost yeah. instantly. And then from then on, no, 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 no exaggeration to say, you cannot take your eyes off it. Yeah. It, is, it is astonishingly good. It's called They Shall Not Grow Old. It's been it's had a big build-up on Facebook and on the BBC, and they put it out uh, last Sunday. It's very, very, very much worth a watch. If you, if you can find it on the iPlayer, then do so. If you're overseas, find it somewhere. Just watch it. It's brilliant. Did you, did you see um, uh, Johan Rebergen? I've just Googled him. Uh, 94 years old. Uh, is on trial. <laughs> I should laugh, but it just makes me giggle a little bit. He's on trial in a juvenile court. Right. So, like, when he's um, pictured in um, photographs and videos and stuff, um, because of the atrocities he 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 was involved in in the he's war, he's an ex-Nazi, is he? He's an ex-Nazi, well, accused he, ex-Nazi. Well, he, was, he was he was an he was an enlisted SS uh, officer. He went on trial uh, on Tuesday in a German juvenile court because he was under twenty-one at the time. Right. So when it's pictured in film on the, on the on like the the news websites and stuff, they have to obscure his face because at the time right. he was the, under twenty one and now he's ninety four years old and he's in he's on trial. That's crazy, it's isn't mad, it? isn't it? It's when, mad. When we're in Berlin, obviously that's second world he's war. He's not going to look the same. No, surely, no, exactly. That that obviously that's second world war, not first world war. But you know when we were over in um, Berlin, I think we were over in Berlin about four or five years ago this weekend. Mm. You and I, Pete. And do you remember the posters being up all over Berlin about saying, this is your last chance, if you know anything, this is the last chance we're going to get mm. to to prosecute any Nazi collaborators, any yeah. Nazi war criminals. And um, it was quite fascinating to see that. Um, so it's surprising to see that that's still going on now. But, you know, I read a really good book, I might have mentioned it on this show, called um, The Nazi Hunters by Andrew Nagorski, who mm. also wrote Hitlerland. And he talks a lot about the process of, of how Nazi hunters back in the day um, found these 
these high-ranking Nazi officials and sometimes the uh, the lower-ranking ones as well. And there was a guy who was prosecuted fairly recently, and the big um, the big debate that came about was because he got he, he got like I think he was about ninety-seven anyway, yeah. and he was in poor health, and he was found guilty of being um, I, f- I forget the exact terminology, but it's something like accessory to the machine of death or something right, like yeah, that. Yeah. And he was a guy I think who might, might have been an accountant at one of the concentration camps, and he was sentenced to like eighteen months house arrest. Mm. I've got the details in front of me, but it's something like that. And people were saying, well, why are we still doing this? What's, what's the point of this? Mm. Um, and the, the, people who, the, the, the people who prosecuted came out with a really interesting um, sort of response, which was, it's not about punishing the guy. Mm. It's about publicly educating everyone on what happened and taking every opportunity to do that. Yep. So if people are, are listening to this and wondering why people of that age, who are probably, let's face it, had quite junior roles, back in the day mm. because they'd be too young to do anything else and may not have even been involved in the direct capacity or whatever. It's taken as a as an educational public information type process mm. to keep the um to keep the sort of um to keep it front and centre so people mm. continue they're really keen for people to continue to learn the lessons oh, of it basically. Yeah. And and there should be, you know, there's pictures of bloody um poppy like there was that famous picture this week with bloody a uh, guy with a swastika on his neck with a poppy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's like there's never been there's never been a more kind of um, stark contrast between what people say and what people actually fucking do. I mean, that, I mean, I've, I probably know the answer to this, um, but that that guy's presumably just the, one of the most stupid adult human beings in the world. Right? Well, I mean, they, yeah, they they do kind of go, go in herds, don't they? Yeah, something <laughs> once um, Yeah, they do move in herds. They do move in herds. Going back to that um, Peter Jackson film. Uh, there's a bit of a primer, there's a bit of introduction to it. Greg Jenner, who's a really good um, public historian, does horrible histories. Mm. Um, he did a brilliant um, accompanying Twitter thread about that movie while it was on, which is well worth a read as well, by the way. Um, so there we go. That's mm. um, that's both the World Wars covered, covered in the first five minutes. Squared away. Squared away, yeah. A, a grenade thrown at the Archduke. It's all over now. <laughs> didn't they shoot him? Gav- Gavrilo Princip, didn't they shoot Gavrilo him? Princip. No, he threw, he threw a grenade on the, on the car, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, you know I, don't the, um, he, I don't think he had a, a pop of the gun, no. Archduke Franz Ferdinand wasn't supposed to take that route as well. Mm. It was slightly uh, detoured, and that's why it was able to happen. Well, that's why they say Trump didn't go to the um, Cenotaph, because uh, it was raining, and uh, the chopper was advised not to fly. But then, if you want to go, you just get a motorcade, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're president of the United literally, States. Literally how everybody else got there. Isn't yeah. It? So. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, that is remarkable, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you don't know hardship, chaps. I've had to go out in the rain. <laughs> I had to go on the radio coat. get here yeah you did chucking it down it you, was you were covered in it when you bloody got here bloody miserable um, Pete I, I put something out on Twitter um, late last week in preparation for this show okay where um, I just thought I'd chuck it over to the listeners on at Luke and Pete show and said um, tell us what you'd like us to talk about right, right? and I've got I, I compiled and we got literally ten- well you talk about it talk about it talk about it talk about it sorry I, I compiled we literally got tens of replies <laughs> I compiled the top five most um, popular. Okay. And I've put them in order. Um, well, not in order, sorry. I've put them a corresponding to, from numbers one to five. Yeah. Now, if you pick a number, I'll tell you the subject and you can talk about it. Four. Four, okay. Have you ever pretended to be someone else? Uh, yeah. Japan, a member of France Fernand. Why? Tell us more. Um, we were talking about Archduke Franz Ferdinand a second ago. Oh, wow. That's amazing. S- that's to think the that theme. that band lied dormant for almost 100 years before they came to the fore. <laughs> Go on. 
Um, I, I don't know. We, I think we were talking about that. I think the previous version, the previous time I went, um, uh, uh, well, Lass in the Bar sort of said that she was a big fan of British music, but the only British band. The Lass she liked. in the Bar. So you were trying to impress a girl? No, I wasn't trying to impress a girl. She was, my mate, she was, she was the owner of the bar. Oh, she right. sort of said, oh, what kind of music do you like? I was like, oh, that's, that's nonsense. And um, she said, I like British music. I like Franz Ferdinand. And I was like, that's a weird band to sort of bring up behind Oasis or Blur or something I can like imagine that. them being popular in Japan. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then the next time I went with Gav, uh, a Welshman who's very um, uh, becoming easy, he will happily just have a laugh. He, he will happily, he's very, he's very forthright. He's, he's, right. he's not, he's not a, a, a wilting. Good laugh. He's not a wallflower. He's Funny chap. Giggle, probably Google. Reminds you of, like, of myself? Not really. Um, no, okay. uh, he's got a beard like you. Um, <laughs> he, um, he, I think he was talking to some lasses and he told them because Franz Ferdinand was because I told him that Franz Ferdinand were a thing over in Japan. Uh, he told them that he was that we were all members of Franz Ferdinand, which is a lie that you can get away with in the early noughties when nobody had a mobile phone. I'll tell you a bit more about that in a minute. <laughs> Go on, yeah, carry on. Uh, but you know, they just did a Google and went, which ones are you? And we went, oh, touring members of the band. And then that's where Gav's um, chat with the the Gav's ladies ended. Uh, ended so. You could you could probably pass for one of them. You got a, your face is oh, yeah, a blank like a, canvas. I, we well, about I look like a, I look like I'm from north of the border. I don't look very healthy. No, and you've also got the um, you've also got quite a um, drawn face. Yeah, and your like I say, it's a running joke around these parts that your face is like a blank canvas. So you didn't I get away with it either. No, I didn't. Well, I, I was kind of half involved. I wasn't really sort of. Getting really involved. I've got something a lot more embarrassing than that. You want to hear Whoa. it? Oh, go on then. Um, pretending to be someone else. This is, I mean, speaking about the early noughties, when I used to go out with some of my friends at uni, mm. I sometimes used to dress as a member of the hives. Uh, yeah, but then as soon as you start talking, the hives. Yeah, the hives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you look more. Scandinavian like, people have got great English. You. <laughs> better than yours. Yeah. You look like a member of. Oh, who do you look like a member of? I mean, it's absolute cringe oh. to think I used to do that. And, and the thing was, Pete, the worst thing about it was, back in those days when I was like early 20s, I wanted to have a few drinks with my friends and try and, and, and chat up a girl. Mm. I used to get no success yeah. with that outfit. I, should, I don't even know why I bothered. <laughs> After the first couple of times, she thought, it's not working, forget they, about they it. They wear nice clothes, don't they? They wear nice suits. They used to wear white shoes and white ties and black trousers yeah. and shirt. It was, it was horrendous. <laughs> it's really bad. Is there any photographic evidence of your... Uh... Oh, there will be. I'll try and find some. But you know, you know, when you look at pictures, I said a while ago, I didn't know that I was looking over old photos from my family and you look at your mum and dad in the 70s mm. and my wife was saying how stylish my mother looked back yeah. in the 70s. She was very demurely dressed, mm. all matching stuff and mm. it looks good. Mm. And then... If I think about the stuff I used to wear in the early in the early in my early twenties, pathetic, <laughs> like like sweat. What was it called? A suit jacket over the top of a t-shirt with like sweatbands and stuff. There's a lot. To be fair though, there's a lot of um, people who dress uh, like sort of modern streetwear is quite a less based. Like it's the stuff we used to wear when we we're about. But the nineties is coming back now, isn't it? Yeah. It's fashionable. But the yeah. for me, the nineties wasn't too bad. It's, it's, it's that moment after the Strokes came out where everyone wants to try and be like the Strokes. Yeah, but used to get it badly wrong. Well, that was the point where I shaved my head, so I went right. a bit hardcore. So. Right, okay. Anyway, so that's number four. Uh, you got one, two, three, or five. We'll do a couple now, and we'll do some more next week. All right. Uh, one. Okay, number one is just more simple. It's flatmate stories. What's your best story about a flatmate? Oh. Um, uh, have you got one? I mean, because you compiled this, so you've probably got a story in your hand. I haven't, but I can think of one. Have I, have I talked about my flatmate, Richie, before? No. I must have done. 
Well, I don't, well know what, I don't know what the we need apo- more information. Apologies, those listening, if I have my friend Richie, I used to live with at uni, is an absolute force of nature. And um, a couple of things he, he did one was the first day back for after Christmas break at uni, mm-hmm. I got a DVD player for Christmas. DVD, I was delighted about it. I used to love <laughs> watching movies. Um, and um, so I set it up on the living room floor in the in the shared house at uni. First night back, obviously see the friends again, went out, got drunk, mm. uh, got back, Richie fell over and smashed it. It's like oh. three bits. And another thing he did, he he said, we got back drunk one night and he said, I'm going to make you some dinner. What do you want to eat? I said, I don't mind, whatever. So he goes into the freezer, finds a load of frozen fish, mm. you know, breaded fish, like bird's yeah, eye yeah, fish, yeah, yeah. puts it in the oven, uh, and he doesn't come back for ages. I was like, all right, okay, fine. Well, I don't know what he's doing. Went in there, uh, found him tucking into one of them about a half hour later. Oh, he's eating it. Rolls, and turned the oven on. And the oven so on. it was all completely raw. He's crunching his way through frozen breaded fish. That's all right, as long as you don't. It's, it's, the, it's the middle point, isn't it? Yeah, I <laughs> it's suppose. The middle point so. between frozen and hot. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's unhealthy. So, so hopefully, the, the, by the time the fish, the frozen fish gets to his gut, yeah, the, the acid, acid the will acid get rid of it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to. Sorry, I must admit. Um, I noticed on um, Instagram you also posted. Actually, you didn't. Your good lady wife posted on Instagram an adorable uh, little uh, letter you wrote the Tooth Fairy. Oh, yeah? When you were a young child. Why don't you read it out then? Dear Tooth Fairy, I've lost my tooth today. I've been looking for it at school, which I was where I lost it. Please, can <laughs> you still give me some money from Luke? <laughs> and I actually... Always on the take. And I've actually got the response from the Tooth Fairy. Oh, go ahead. Dear Luke, who the hell do you think you are? Can you still give me some money indeed? If I gave cold hard cash to everyone who happened to lose their tooth at school, how would I still have the respect of my friends Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and Peter Parker from Spider-Man? Would a bank just leave cash in your awful little Hampshire, Hampshire talons after you'd given them some sob story about your cheque falling into a vat of school custard? Suck my balls, Luke Moore. I'm the tooth fairy, not a tooth mug, which weirdly enough is where I keep my teeth I collect until I can give them to my employers. With fully filled out administrative paperwork because I'm not a fucking liability like <laughs> little baby Moa. Have a harmonious day, cunt, the tooth fairy. That's harsh. That is harsh. To an eight-year-old, eight that, that is a bit harsh, isn't it? I mean, it? calling me a ha- my Hampshire talons, yeah. that is fucking harsh. <laughs> Speaking of keeping teeth in milk... I had um, to Google where Hampshire was. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google where you were from. If, um, if, you, if your teeth falls out of your mouth and it includes the root, the first thing you should oh. do is pop it in a mug of, glass of milk Yeah, and take it to the dentist. And go, <laughs> check out, do you want to, hey, do you want to drink? Ah, it sucks milk. to be Oh, you. it's got tooth in it. Ah, oh, I thought you liked teeth. Dickhead. Yeah, you're a dentist. You made that your whole life's work. I was once walking across Golden Square to come and meet you, mm. bit into an unpopped piece of corn in a snacker jack and broke my tooth off. Ooh. And I thought, I'll keep it. I'll put it in some milk. Mm. Took it to the dentist. Uh, this was in the evening. Took it to the dentist the next day. He said, what do you want me to do with that? I said, well, I kept it in milk. It's got the root attached to it as oh, well. I thought you meant it was going to be a bit of snacker jack. I said, what are you going to do about it? He said, I'm going to put it in the bin. He put it in the bin, <laughs> put my tooth in the bin. That was it. I've kept this in milk. So you can get a replacement if you want, but otherwise, no. <laughs> there we go. We'll do some more of these um, of these listener um, suggestions right. next time around, but I think we should have a little break and then come back and do the best part of the show, which is your emails. Oh, yeah. Um, let me just find something. I'll give press. you so much time to get ready. Yeah, but they're all in disarray. It's your fault, isn't it? It's not. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. She's going to report me for saying bugger, you know. Oh, just wait till I see your mother. You're in real trouble. Oh, I say, well, if you're going to go and see her, then tell her this bugger-shaped fuck she fucking sphincter. It's always a favourite. That was on uh, Breakfast Television. <laughs> was it? No. no. I love it if it was. Brian Blessed wouldn't care. Oh, shit. Sphincter. Brian Blessed was on um, Who Do You Think You Are? And he traced his family back to Portsmouth. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what about this? He from... looks like a man from Portsmouth. He does a bit. People what about this? have from... different sphincters. It's from... just a valve, isn't it? Stop it. What? Paul Stepal has been in touch. Paul Sphincter's been in touch. <laughs> um, hello at lukeandpeachow.com. Pete, you'll love this. All you right. are going to absolutely love this. When I saw this in the email inbox, mm. I couldn't believe you hadn't flagged it. Right. I was delighted. <laughs> he says, hello, gents. Love the show. Hearing was, your... it, was it in the last five emails sent? Might have been. Yeah, Not but... spam. No, exactly. Uh, Hearing your chat on discontinued food, mm. it took me back to my uni days where I found the delectable vanilla ice cream flavoured Monster Munch. Oh, yeah. Did we not read this out last week? I don't know anyone else who had them, but I couldn't get enough of them until oh. my local stopped, stopped stocking them. No, I've never heard of that before. Maybe I starred it. I, they were on sale as late as 2000 and... Oh, yeah, 2002, I think. Did you have any? Yeah. They didn't taste like much. They were just quite sweet. Yeah, I, I can't get with that. But we're sort of like, we're, we're so kind of um, used to our... I remember sort of Tudor crisps having a chocolate version for one for a little while. Who? Tudor? Tudor crisps. Um, no, no, northern. Very northern. Very northern. Seabrook's um, northern as well, there, aren't they? I think so. Um, but they had... Um, yeah, they had sort of like... They were just like sweet and sort of um, savoury kind of flavour to them. It was a bit, a bit too sweet, to be honest. I and, can't see myself getting with them at all. That sounds horrendous. The picture looks amazing, but yeah. it sounds horrendous. The same sort of colour as Flaming Hot. Maybe that was not. Every thing. time I would, every time I would sort of pick up, like I'm very easily swayed with a gimmick. But I've got to a certain age where I sort of go, I know what that's going to taste like. It's not going to taste nice. I'm just eating it because it's a, it's a, it's a new thing yeah. that I've never tasted before. Rubbish. You nonsense. love it. You love a limited edition like the Japanese. <laughs> um, 
and that's funny, isn't it? Because unlike roast beef, particularly, and roast chicken flavored crisps, every single brand of them tastes the same, but none of them taste like chicken mm. or beef. Roast beef does not taste like beef. It tastes like um, horseradish. A little bit. I think that's the main flavor I take away from that. It tastes like almost salty beef infused dust. Is what it tastes like. I mean, what, what more are you expecting? No, really. I just think the flavors. I just think the technology should have moved on to such an extent. When we, we've had listeners who've, who've come home, told us that their dad used to work in flavorings mm. and used to come, bring things Going home to try. Stuff, yeah. I just feel like roast beef crisps should have moved on technologically by now. It's I, the same with roast chicken. I don't think roast beef is a, is a global flavor, so I don't think we should have to sort of. I don't think the rest of the world should have to kowtow to our. I'll tell you what the rest nonsense. of it, I'll tell you the flavor the rest of the world love. Tell what? me, tell me if you can tell me what I'm thinking. What? No, have a guess. What's but the sauce? Every, no, no, you idiot. What? Everywhere you go in the world, right. there's a particular type of crisp that you don't really get here, but they are massive everywhere else. Ooh. Moisture sauce. Are you on crack? Well, I don't know. Oh, you didn't explain it properly. Um, let me have a think. Um, sweet chilli? I don't know. Paprika. Paprika, yes. Isn't it? Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get paprika everywhere. That's like mainland Europe, though, isn't it? Yeah. Spain, Yeah, Portugal. particularly Spain, yeah. yeah and ham on as well. Um, and I'll, I'll just do this one as well quickly because it's on the same theme from Tom before you do an email, Pete. So that, yes, that is the cue for you to get ready. Um, Tom says, uh, following on from discontinued things that no one else remembers mm. in episode 108, can I present to you, and I think you're going to love this particularly, Pete, LucasAid Calippos. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Like uh, kind of like energizing Calippos. I remember having I'm, these. I'm a big fan of a Calippo. That's the only ice cream I really eat. Having an ice, uh, he says, I remember having these as a kid in the early nineties, but literally nobody has ever heard of them. They were as tasty as they sound, and not only and only seemed to be on sale in one random cafe at my local park. And also on the subject of Lucasade based innovation, Lucasade in a foil type pouch tasted so much better than in any other format. I remember <laughs> Lucasade in the pouch. You used to get it after football. Can in the you 90s. Not still get them? Did, Don't think they, so. Yeah. Because Capri Sun now has not even got the po- pokey straw now, has it? Oh, has it got like a plastic um, yeah, top? Yeah, yeah. Ah, like yeah. the rest of them. Lucas A. Calippos, talk to me. Uh, yeah. Um, Matt Ford, who does uh, the football show on Saturdays on my radio station, he um, once told us, well, he was on Time Story, he was, he was on Six Music, I think. <laughs> and he was trying to get fit, basically. And so they brought a nutritionist in. It was on Russell Howard's show, I think. And um, they brought a nutritionist in. <laughs> so every time I say Matt in the office, I just think about this like this this bit where they brought a nutritionist in to sort of go, like, what are you having in the morning? And he's, he's the first thing he drinks is like, I just have a big bottle of Lucas Head. And they're going, that is the worst thing you can possibly... <laughs> and, and he's going, no, but you don't understand. Ah, it's delicious. And he's, she's going, yeah, but it's the worst thing you can possibly have. Right. Because it's just, you know, it's just full of sugar and calories. And he's, and he's like going, no, but you don't understand. It's, ah, it's so delicious. And she, they were on, like, she was on to sort of educate him on to how to eat properly and stuff. <laughs> and so I saw him um, like a few weeks ago and I was sort of going, Matt, you don't understand the Lucas anyway. Oh yeah, when you, they, it's great with a hangover, and because he he probably can't remember the 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 the, the feature he did about ten years ago on the radio. But right. that's all I can think about when I see him. So you're, that's and, all I can think about. And what do you have in the mornings? Uh, I don't eat a lot in the mornings, but I try and get a breakfast now. Now now I'm grown old. Isn't it normally leftover Chinese? I would have had that uh, if I hadn't eaten those leftovers about two hours after I'd eaten the Chinese. I had a lovely Chinese last night. You have a, you have a Chinese every. Tuk Tuk's, Tuk Tuk's moved away, so I had to go to Cafe TPT, which so, is a. Uh, uh, Deliveroo best situation. It's a Donaldson Sunday night tradition, isn't it? You no. sit at home on your own eating Chinese. I watch, I watch a bit of Tech Morn if there's a video available. I just What's watch that? YouTube. He's a guy who just goes through old seventies um, sort of um, video uh, technology, like videos on records and stuff. 
uh, and but I've gone back to um, BigClive.com, who was a guy who just takes apart really cheap electronics that um, dads buy in pound shops, and, they, and he goes, "Oh, this is this is the, so much amputure. It's so dangerous." But he's got a beautiful kind of Scottish lilt. Did you send me a picture of still of one of those the other day? Oh, it's so dangerous. I don't know what. What did I send? It's you? like a little microphone pulled to pieces. I think. No, that was me. Oh, that was, that was actually me. you, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was me going, this microphone is fucked. And a microphone I put on eBay, by the way. And I actually got an email from my go, guy yesterday going, um, what, uh, is there any damage to the microphone? And <laughs> it's literally in pieces. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, none of the pieces are damaged. I mean, it doesn't fucking work. I know yeah. that much. They're not damaged, but neither are they joined together. <laughs> <laughs> Explain damaged. I love that. So you, so, so you spend Sunday nights. Yeah. On your own in your flat. Eating Chinese. Chinese watching, watching 70s videos on YouTube about technology. Or videos about 70s technology on YouTube. Correct, yeah. Is that depressing or not? I'm just, I'm asking the question. I don't know. Did nice, you think your life would turn a, out that way? It's, it's a nice little routine, isn't it? Yeah. When you were asked about that when you were 11, what mm. do you want to be when you're 36? Well, I think when I was eight, as discussed on this show, I wrote, um, you said, what would you say, what would you do if you were like a millionaire or when you were growing up or something? And I wrote, have sex with Sam Sam Fox Sam Fox and um and was it something I, I had like this JR kind of fantasy. This that's what? the thing. That's the thing. These sort of influences and influences and stuff. That these kids are um you know you talk about violent video games. I think the more damaging is those influences who are pretending this this kind of really um, glamorous life is theirs. You know they're like going from like limitless. Swimming pools, what do they call them? Endless swimming infinity pools. pools, infinity pools, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 in these, what was your second one? So, when you were eight, you were asked what you'd do if you were a millionaire. You said you would have first of all, you'd have sex with Sam Fox. I mean, yeah. you're eight at this point, yeah. So, you're turning Sam yeah, Fox into a pedophile, yeah. The t shirt, what's the second one? <laughs> the teacher gave me a talent for that. I could, um, I just imagine Sam Fox saying, All right, and you going, Yeah, uh, she's gonna have sex, and her going, Not really, you're eight, and you yeah. go, If I'm a millionaire, yeah. she'll go, Well, so am I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what? Yeah, yeah, I'm easily a millionaire. You're, you're anticipating that being the great leveller. Yeah. What was the second thing you said you I would do? I can't remember to be honest. You just said it then. Trying to do a GR. JR. I wanted to be JR. Oh, JR, you Dallas. from Dallas. Yeah, I'm saying that it's. I'm saying that that kind of thing is, uh, you know, watching the glamorous lives of other people. Yeah. Like the only way is Essex, like everybody else. You know, the, the, there's no what's there. It's just people sort of doing not very much at all but so are you saying it's, then that it's not damaging for kids these days with Instagram stars and YouTube stars like Jack Mate who does a show with us yeah, yeah. because back in the day it was like the Wild West literally because you wanted to be J.R. Ewing when you were eight exactly I wanted to own oil fields did you really want to own oil fields or did you just want to have a nice hat or whatever and well a bit of both yeah if it's, to be honest if an eight year old me was given the choice between an oil field and a nice hat probably the nice hat I'd take wouldn't it yeah I have no use I've, I have I cannot get the oil out of the ground. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you giving me the oil, but I'm eight years old. I've got nowhere refining it. I don't know how to refine it. In- Sorry, it's- Sam Fox is on the phone. <laughs> yeah, you were eight so years Sam, old. Sam, give me a second. I've got something on. You were eight years old in a, yeah. like a Gola tracksuit with a yeah. massive 80s mobile phone going, I mean, this oil is very crude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've spoken to my dad. I don't even, like, he doesn't know where a cracking tower can be found at this late stage. <laughs> I wish it was sea coal, to be honest, because my dad's mate would have sorted <laughs> yeah, it out for exactly. me. He's just driven a van well, into the house. Straight, that, straight, straight on the fire, that. But uh, crude, crude oil, I can't do anything with. Was it ever given to you by the teacher how you would obtain the million pounds? No. It's her own fault for writing a spurious kind of uh, capitalist fucking, you know, manifesto that I've got to kind of deal with. You know, like, if you've got a million pounds, what are you going to do with it? What were some of the other... Well, it's supposed to teach you a lesson, isn't it? 
What, what's the lesson? Well, the lesson is you be responsible with your money. To be fair, the same teacher, Mrs. Barlow, came in one time and uh, gave us a massive, a massive kind of like uh, speech about how important the "Being Around the World" Lisa Stansfield song was. Oh, it's a good tune. But it was like because she's clearly gone through a breakup. It was either Lisa Stansfield with that or "Nothing Compares to You" by. Um, oh, that's more problematic. But either way. She'd been through a breakup and she wanted to take it out on a lot of eight-year-olds. So I love that. I love that happening. And then you saying you want to have sex with Sam Fox and her just going, she'll just break your heart. She'll just, (laughs) I'll tell you what, she'll fucking break your heart. She'll end up gay. (laughs) She'll break your bloody heart. So Mrs. Barlow, that's yeah. what, what a character. Can you remember what any of the other students wanted to do with Emily? Oh, probably something like, I want to give it to charity because it was like, oh, it was like in the middle of fucking Geldof and M-Lot, innit? Yeah. I remember having a, um, a big old row. I was quite a, as you can probably imagine, quite a pretentious child. Really? Yeah. And I remember Father Albie. I went to a Church of England school. Father Albie. Father Albie came in and gave us the old, um, the old bit about <laughs> God. Whatnot. We had to do prayers every morning. And we had to go do, um, I think we had to go to St. John's Church like once a week. Mm. And we did Chris Dingles at Christmas, all that kind of crap. And um, Father Albie used to come in. And in my mind, it feels like it was every week. It's mm. a junior school, so I'd have been similar age. In the same way that Cadfile or Father, um, what's his name, used to investigate. Oh, Father, week. what was his name? I can't remember. <laughs> Father something, didn't he? Not Cadfile, on. Father. Cadfile was a monk detective, though, wasn't yeah, why? he? Why? I don't get that. <laughs> I get that. Like, Father something investigates. It's like In the Name of the Rose with um, with uh, Sean Connery and Christian Slater. And I used to watch that because there's an amazing sex scene in it. I was only about 10. And I was, it was really exciting. Ooh. But anyway, Father Albie came in, right? Yeah. And he starts talking to the, uh, to the class of eight-year-olds and stuff. And he's saying all this shit. And my parents had put me in Church of England school because it was a good school, right? Yeah, they weren't religious. Same here Catholic school. Yeah, they weren't religious. Mm. And Father Albie starts spinning us all the yarn about how... Um, you should never lie, yeah. right? You should never lie about shit because it's bad and, you know, yeah. Jesus, all that sort of kind of crap. And then I, because I was a pretentious, um, you know, annoying child, mm. I remember correcting my teacher's spelling at one point. You'd probably that's fair that. dues. No, yeah. that's fair dues. Uh, she misspelt the word biscuit and apparently she still sees my mum in the local supermarket. Maybe she was banging a limp biscuit. <laughs> yeah, no, it was before then. She, she, uh, apparently my mum says she sometimes still see her, sees her, Mrs. Pete, and uh, Mrs. Peter name is, but P-E-A-T. P-E-A-T. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, she always mentions it even now. Anyway. In the, in the supermarket? Yeah. Which aisle? This guy. Yeah, hopefully. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just chuck, ca- casually chucking a, a packet of digestive in. Oh, remember that time? <laughs> anyway. Still hurts. So Father Albie's involved. He, he's, Still real to me, damn it. With respect to people who like God, good for you, but he's spinning all this stuff, <laughs> right? I've got no problem with that, but he's spinning this stuff. He says, it's bad to lie. Jesus wouldn't lie, all the mm. rest of it. And I said, but what about if... You know, your friend says, oh, I look, how do I look? And they look terrible. Mm. You wouldn't just say that, right? Yeah. Because that'd be mean. Mm. And it's a very basic school kid way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then, I remember it flummoxing him. Well, he was like... He was like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't be rude. I said, like, yeah, but you told us like, what's, to what's more important, lying or being yeah, rude? exactly. But he didn't even yeah. have the answer. Well, I remember having, there was a, I, I went to Catholic school and I had a, a similarly impassioned um, conversation with uh, Father Hogarth, um, who was the non-drunk father. <laughs> Right in the school, right? Because uh, there was like nuns and shit flying around our school. It was like like they used to flying, like, fuck you, flying hell. around like Harry Potter, right. um, imbibed <laughs> with the spirit of the Lord, no doubt. Uh, and Catholic. it was Dawn French in a painting. <laughs> <laughs> they had, um, and I was, uh, we had this big assembly about you know um, entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are quite a big thing in the eighties, weren't they? And like, oh yeah, uh, uh, it was Virgin Branson. He had this big speech about how you know hard work and so and so got him to where he was today. Blah blah blah, blah. and I. 
and I was at lunch and I was like, Father, I, you know, why are we, why do we have a whole assembly about Richard fucking Branson when, you know, blessed are the meek and we should be looking after the, he doesn't do any of those things. Like, it, we, we shouldn't be chasing the money. Drive you know, a camel through the eye of a needle. Jesus, 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 you know, flip the table, flip the tables in the marketplace. Money lenders temple, yeah. that was. So it was just, um, yeah, what did he say? He went, that's a very good point, Peter. He didn't elaborate or help me out on no. my, uh, Nor did Father my existential, uh, Crisis. That's the reason neither of us are religious. We've both <laughs> been let down by uh, religious <laughs> leaders in our childhood. I was molested by them. Oh, uh, what? That's, that must be time to leave. What? We've got to go. Well, he's got to leave. Yeah, Father, he probably has was. now. He was, well, that was Church of England, one of your lot. Touching, was, touching my titties. My lot. Touching them titties. That was, you're going to have to explain that, aren't you? I thought, we, well, you said this on the show before, haven't we? Yeah. I was maybe. a Cub Scout. Um, the father, his father came in. Uh, priest, no, it's not priest, it's a, it's a um, vicar or whatever. Vicar came yeah. in. Um, I sat on his, his knee in front of the rest of the um, Cub Scout um, hut um, and he took my top off and pointed out on my um, torso where the lungs were and where yeah. the stomach was and where... Why did he need to take my top off? Like, you can't see any of those things. You're probably so skinny they could see your organs <laughs> through your ribs. <laughs> oh, let's get out of here. In my mind, that's that story and your picture of you next to that chimp have like amalgamated. And in my mind, you're on stage the chimp, with a chimp. The chimp. I'm talking about the, the the various ages of man. That was the same stage that I did a one man show based on the um, sitcom Bread. Oh, we'll talk. Well, let's talk about that next time. Well, let's get out of here. That's what I would say. Luke and Pete theme out. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Yes, it has just taken Pete 45 seconds to find the jingle. Uh, it's becoming more and more of a problem in our playout system. Nevertheless, we'll be back next time for episode 118. We'll see you then. Stop doing new shows then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.